Hi, I'm your host, Kimberly Thomas-Tigg, and you're listening to Signalize, a Dazzle for Rare podcast. Whether you're a patient, advocate, caregiver, or a clinician, Signalize is your source for good news, personal stories, events, and the things that Rare and Associated Communities care about. Follow Signalize and Dazzle for Rare at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four, R-A-R-E, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we'll post episode links, updates, and more. Welcome to another episode of Signalize. I am talking to someone who I have mentioned a few times on the podcast. I have referenced this fine gentleman and scholar as my co-pilot, but you may know him as Pete Allen. He's a great guy. He's helped get this off to the ground, obviously. And lately, since this podcast launched last October, folks have asked me a lot of questions, sort of what is a podcast? And I mean, a lot of questions. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But I've answered them to the best of my ability, but I can think of nobody better than Pete. So hopefully Pete can tell us a bit about himself and we'll just answer your questions. First of all, Kimberly, thanks very much for inviting me on the podcast. It's always exciting to be part of something like this. Um, So I run a small podcast production company and we create uh, podcasts for clients and obviously we create Signalize for you, which is is fantastic. You're the client, we create the show. You came to me and said, I've got this idea. How do I make it happen? And then we worked together and went, okay, what's the best way to make it happen? How do you want to make it happen? And then we made it happen. And um, yeah, it's there. That's it, basically. I, I've got this uh, varied history in media. I did radio production. I did radio presentation for, oh, God, 25 years or something like that. I know. Like, I'm really ancient. I'm actually ancient. Um, it's, I started when I was very young. Um, so I did that, and then um, I started a production company of my own as I saw the landscape change and podcasts become um, more awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm a big advocate of podcasts and just went, yeah, listen to them. I can make those. Let's do that. And I've been doing it ever since for the last, I don't know, I lose track of time, but four or five years, I'm going to guess that. But you're right. I get that question myself. You said there that people say to you, what even is a podcast? And I get that too. And that's not a bad question to ask, to be fair, because I think there can be quite a bit of confusion about podcasts. It's 40% of adults now listen to podcasts. So 40% of people in the UK, aged 15 and above, say that they listen to podcasts at least twice a week. It's 40%, which means that 60% of people don't. And 75% of people know what a podcast is, is, which means that 25% of people don't. So one in four people don't know what a podcast is, which is why that question comes up all the time. And I can give you an actual definition if you'd like me to. I'm going to read this off a screen. A podcast is a series of spoken word shows that are available to listen to on podcast apps. There you go. Simple. Well, then my first question is, what is a show? Okay, and the reason why I say that is when people have questions for me or ask me things, I think in their mind they're thinking any kind of audio content is is a podcast. And so the conversations that I end up having with people is that uh, there's a lot of different ways to make content if we look at it like from that perspective. Then if we're talking about podcasts, we're talking about something that's serialized in some way. And we had that conversation about how do you want to serialize this type of content? So, I mean, can you make that make sense? Because that's how I explain it, but that that sounded weird. It does make sense. Um, I think people quite often, their perception of a podcast, because the word's used so much, 
it's used we see it in this country all over the BBC BBC sounds podcasts yada 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 and it's become much more in the public consciousness and I think people have started to slightly misuse it a little bit and say that any bit of audio that isn't on the radio but is available to you as a podcast and that's not necessarily the case unless it's available on podcast apps I guess that's the big thing that kind of makes it a podcast that you're able to um, open your phone and you're able to search for something on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music or Google Podcasts or whichever app you happen to use and find the material. And if you can, it's a podcast. Quite often, a clip of audio that people use, they can kind of say, oh, I've done a podcast and it's it's two minutes long and it's hosted on my website and it's an explainer about X, Y or Z and it's a podcast. But it's not really, unless it's available on podcast apps. But, you know, people can use words however they want to use words, can't they, I guess. See, I make this like agape face. No one can see the agape face, but I make that face because in my mind, I think I am such a rigid thinker. And so I think things like, okay, serialized audio, because you could do like two or three audio pieces, but a podcast does that not make, I guess, in my mind. But then you say, okay, well, it's presence on the podcast app makes it. But if you only ever do three like for me, I, 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 what I explain to people is in my mind, and this is, this is interesting to get your, your take on it, because in my mind, I say, well, if you know you're going to do three pieces of audio that's 15 minutes long, and you feel like the right place for that is your website or your app or whatever, that I wouldn't call a podcast. But like, yeah, if you did want to go through the process of hosting it on some kind of a platform or getting it listed on podcasting apps or things like that. That's like another level, I think, of work to really to do that. And I don't, one thing I can't really speak to is that process of getting it listed because you did that for me and you did an excellent job because Signalize is like everywhere. I shout at my smart speakers to play my podcast and it just does. It does it. It's from like magic. anywhere. It's like magic. It right? is. It is like <laughs> magic. So, you know, when people have these small bits that they want to do, like, is it really worth putting on all these different services? I guess is something I don't know. If it's there, it's always there, isn't it? So um, if you're creating evergreen content, and like you just quoted then, um, three episodes of something, three bits of audio that relate to each other, and if you want to make those available on a podcast app, yeah, absolutely, you can do. It gives you an accessible way of sending it out, doesn't it? But it's, a, it's an odd one, isn't it? Because if, if you put something on YouTube, no matter what it is, no matter what form it is, it's a YouTube video. Whereas with podcasts, there's that, like, is it a podcast? Is it not a podcast? But the way I see it, if it's on a podcast app, it's a podcast. That's an interesting answer. See, I'm glad we're actually having this conversation mm. for real, because, like... I think you can take a word that is so popular like podcast and like blow that out to actually mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And like, I am a very rigid thinker. So I'm always like, okay, in my mind, I think of it a certain way. But when you say that, you do give more accessibility to the concept, I think. For anyone listening who wants to do a podcast, that's actually very uplifting information, really. Yeah. I I suppose the negative is to, if you are going to create the three shows like you 
quoted in my mind that exists now <laughs> and we put it on podcast apps and all of that um there is generally a cost um there are free options so if you weren't going to continue and you had no particular interest in growing an audience based on this and you weren't going to continually um release material then the best thing to do would be to use a free hosting company that is very important information because that's also kind of where my brain goes is I think about all the different components that at least I have had interaction with. So I think about the hosting platform, whether it's Podbean, Fireside, whoever it is. And then I think about the distribution part that you do. And then I think about promoting it because why create content and pay to have it listed or pay fees or do anything? Why do any of this if you're not going to actually promote that piece of content? And then there's, is that sustainable? Can you do it on a weekly basis or a bi-monthly basis? Do you have the time to write content or book guests? And then if you are booking guests, that's a long process, which I know because I did that for someone else's podcast before. And then there's content creation if you have to create content. And then there's the production schedule and like working with another person like you. And then there's what else am I not covering there? Is there more that that can be part of the process? Oh, yeah. It can be a full-time job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you get as much out as you put in. If you do have three pieces of audio and you decide to put them onto podcast apps, they're not going to get many listeners unless you've got a massive following and you're a big deal um, social media wise. And then you share it within your community and people within your community listen. What I tend to suggest is using um, rather than using a free hosting company I use a particular one um, because I see better growth I see um, their shows appearing on um, being featured on apps as well which is how you can start to grow your audience outside of your community because remember when you release a podcast you can have the best show in the world okay but if you have very little of a community nobody's really going to hear it Because initially, unless you're paying for marketing, it's only going to be the people who currently follow you and are currently within your ecosystem who are going to know that it exists and get to listen to it. It's about getting it outside of there and bringing new people to you and new people to your community through your audio podcast. It's like you know me or something. (laughs) Because like you, you just... Well, you kind of do. Yeah. But you just spoke to like the thing that is really important to me here is talking about communities. Because the way my my personal approach is looking at the rare disease community around the world is one global community, and really speaking to a more broad audience. Because if we don't look outside our tiny communities, then we don't reach other people, we don't continue to grow understanding about our communities, we don't continue to grow our fundraising opportunities, we don't continue to, to thrive, really, if we don't reach outside of a smaller community. However, that's my point of view. The other point of view is that some folks will have a very small community or they will have a a fairly good sized community, but it's quite tight knit. And sometimes that community will say, I want a podcast. Um, But then you get to, right, who's kind of the leadership in that community? Um, You know, does it really serve them to provide a podcast to their community? Will their community even listen to it? Because If, you know, my rare disease peeps out there in the world will probably say every time they try to do a campaign, every time they try to get something going on social media, they ask for volunteers, people are like crickets. 
people are like, yeah, no, sorry. Ah, wow, I have I have other things to do. And so it's like if they put that time and effort into producing a podcast and really trying to make something that's like weekly or biweekly, and they do this for a couple months and they realize their community is like tiny, small and doesn't listen, <laughs> then it's like that's a lot of your time, your effort, potentially money. So part of it is also like, what's your market? Like within rare disease, there are communities that are large, there are communities that are small, there are communities that you know, encompass entire groups like rare arthritis or rare cancer, where you can have a lot of different conditions. So some some are going to have a built-in audience, some are not. How, like, I wonder if, I don't know if there's an easy answer, but how does somebody gauge, like, do that pre-market research stuff? And how does somebody gauge if that's really worth any effort or any of their time? Yeah, I think the most important thing with doing a podcast in the first chat I'll ever have with a client if I don't think they understand their audience is about defining who their target market is defining what exactly their audience is who their audience is uh, and what their audience care about because when you're recording yourself and you're doing your you're doing your podcast and you're doing your recordings for your podcast you're speaking directly to those people you're not speaking to anybody else you don't have to be like the radio where you know the radio is kind of like for everybody they've got a big audience from you know all ages and yada 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 you know who your target market is so you have to have a very defined idea of speaking to to that target market podcast research uh, explains that um 90 of people are listening with headphones on if you think about how you listen to podcasts uh, if you are a regular listener I presume you listen to podcasts because you're listening now <laughs> um but you know if you think about it you think about where you are what you're doing uh, 90 percent of people are listening with headphones on and there's a, a massive percentage something like i think 92 percent of people are listening just on their own so out of that you've got a you've got a very large percentage of the people who are listening to you listening on headphones and on their own because it's a solitary thing that we do so as a host you're talking to just one person actually because they're consuming it as one person so when you as a host um speak to your podcast audience don't think of them en masse don't think of them as how many ever downloads you're having don't think of them as, as an entire community think of them as one individual one individual who's listening whilst they're walking the dog or whatever they happen to be doing got to think about how it's being consumed and then um, speak accordingly yeah, that makes perfect sense actually and again another great reason to have this conversation because it I it's not only helpful to me and helpful to people listening, I, I imagine, but I think it's it sets kind of a tone. So coming from like marketing, I would probably tell people before you start anything that requires a lot of your time and energy that you should really give some thought to who this is for, why are you doing it, how much are you willing to put into it for how long before you start to think what kind of results am I getting and things like that. And I know in, in our communities, a lot of times that is so hard to do. Like it's so hard to do anything long-term. It's so hard to plan for stuff. It's really hard to always have the energy to uh, keep up with people, keep up with stuff that's going on. So when people tell me, oh, I'm starting a podcast, I'm like, that's great. That's fantastic. Like I'm happy to share it with folks, but like also like what is it about? And you know, what's important to you about it? And uh, you know, just 
what's your motivation, I guess, really for doing it. And so what you just said there in terms of speaking to one person, I guess some of that motivation is just very much person to person connection, I guess, in a way. And that's a really interesting way of looking at it that maybe I haven't, I guess, I don't know if I have or not. Mm. I'm glad to be thinking about it right now. But I think also, it's important for other people to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, words like you are actually really powerful when you're speaking to your podcast audience, your podcast person, the one person who's listening on a treadmill somewhere, the one person who's listening in bed or on a smart speaker in the kitchen on their own while they're doing the pots. Um, So you're speaking directly to them about a shared interest that they have with the host that they have with you, which is why podcasts create an engaged audience, because it's a person listening to another person talking about a subject that they both care about, that they're both passionate about, which is why we see um, really good engagement rates. 76% of podcast listeners have taken direct action to a commercial message as instructed by the host. So that's 76% of people who are listening. If you say, do this and here's why you should do it, go to, you know, whatever your website happens to be, .com, then 76% of people are doing that it doesn't it it says it specifies a commercial message doesn't mean that 76 percent of the people listening are going to go and buy whatever you tell them to buy but it means that they're going to take a direct action whether that's look at it or think about it or 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 research the product that you're talking about what i tell people in our communities in in terms in specifically in like rare disease communities i mean first of all we're we're coming to things from a slight disadvantage being considered niche or rare Um, rare is not really rare uh one in 17 people in the uk will be affected by a rare condition in their life one in 10 in the United States, um, almost 46% of people in the US and UK have a chronic condition. And I talk a lot about chronic conditions. But I tell people coming from a marketing, somewhat of a marketing background, I say your awareness message is your product. And so when you're talking about people taking action on a product, I would tell people in the community listening, Many times they won't have a product. I only know one rare disease podcast in which they have like a vitamin sponsor or a mattress sponsor or something. I'm not really sure. But I was surprised to actually hear a rare disease podcast that had a sponsor that kind of seemed out of the realm of rare disease, really. But if people did have sponsors, that would be great. And it would hopefully tie into what's important about their community or their audience. But also, I would tell people to look at your awareness as your product, because you're selling awareness of your condition, not just to your community, but also to other people who might be interested in the content. But then I'm like, okay, but if I'm talking to that one specific person in my community, I can't also reach the person outside of my community. Now I feel like my world is upside down suddenly. You see, the, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the messaging can be as simple as, you know, next episode is out next Wednesday. Next episode is out a week on Wednesday. You know, go to go to this website to find out more. You have you have messaging in your start and the end of your podcast, which directs people to your social media. It directs people. To to your website so you're absolutely right the 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 product is the brand the product is dazzle for rare that's why it's there you know the show is called signalize and then as soon as you say signalize what do you back it up with you the tagline a dazzle for rare podcast exactly just like that so you are you are spreading awareness of your brand of dazzle for rare through the signalize podcast 
that's exactly what I'm doing. And that was ac- that's actually calculated because that's what I wanted to do because Dazzle for Air is really important to me. It's a week-long awareness event for anyone who didn't know. I'd be surprised if you, if you didn't know, though, because you're listening to this. But the event has grown more and more over the last six years going into the seventh year. And so people do have more of an awareness in our global rare community. Like people outside of our global community are not going to have an awareness of it, probably. Um, but last year, people started saying, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm totally aware of your campaign. Like I've participated and I've even found YouTube videos about Dazzle Frere that from people I've never heard from, never seen, had mm. no clue the content even existed. So it's because it's a big yeah. deal, you know, and it works and it really connects with, with an audience. And taking it back to that 76% of podcast listeners taking a direct action to a message as instructed by the host, 76% of people who listen to your podcast will have found out more about Dazzle Frere. Wow. It's funny. It's one of those things where I think when you go through the process of deciding what you want to talk about on your podcast, what is your brand? Who are you? What are you representing? uh, You know these things instinctively, but talking about them only kind of reaffirms why you do what you do. In this case, why I do what I do. And also why people listening to this podcast might be considering having a podcast and doing what they do. So hopefully I'm 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 going to say this is really valuable information. So another thing that I have kind of inferred from some conversation is people kind of wanting to do like the bare minimum but also be successful in reaching their community. Like how feasible is that? Podcast-wise, it is reasonably feasible. You can make a podcast with your mobile phone and you can do it for free. You can, it's not called Anchor anymore, it's called Spotify for Podcasters, that's free. Um, So you can register your show with that. You can register it with all of the podcast apps and make it available across Apple and and Google and Amazon and and Spotify, obviously, as well. Um, You can record it just on your mobile phone and not worry about these swanky microphones that we're using right now. and you can you can put it out there and then you can share it on your social media. Now, if you're a big name, if you've got lots of followers, if you're a celebrity or whatever you happen to be, which none of us are, last I checked, um, and if you have a, a large social media following and you share it, it will be listened to by people. How many people? I don't know. It depends on the size of your community, the size of the people you're sharing with, the size of your social media following. In fact, it's not even your social media following, is it? Because of the way the algorithm works. It's the social media people who will see it based on whether or not they've interacted with you recently. Because if you've got a thousand followers, it's not appearing on the thousand timelines. Your posts are not appearing on a thousand timelines. They're appearing on the timelines of the people who interact with your material on a, a regular basis. That really is going to be recorded on a mobile phone. It's going to be like a WhatsApp voice message. Audio quality and quality of your show equals the perception of your brand quality. So if a brand is important to you and you sit there nodding as a marketing person so you understand the value of a brand and the importance of making it look good and sound good and be and not even not even look good and sound good but look right and sound right for its target market because good to one person is not good to another the point is audio quality quality of the show is it thought out or is it just you talking it all comes down to the quality of your your brand and whether or not I you know I I do I do your show I do shows for um, I do a, a group of solicitors and you know in reality 
would they want to record something on their mobile phone because they're 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 you know their show, their show, uh, their podcast, and their their brand is all about trustworthiness. It's about being friendly. It's about being trustworthy. It's about being credible, and it's about building credibility so that when people do have a legal issue, they are the first people they think of and they go to them. In reality, if that was recorded on a mobile phone in an echoey room in the quality of a, vo- uh, a WhatsApp voice message, is it really representing that brand of solicitors well enough? Mm, probably not. No. <laughs> But the point is that you can actually do it for free. Um, You can do it for free. You can register it for free. It doesn't have to cost you anything at all. You don't have to think about the material, but that's on you. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Think, Think about it. Do it properly would be my advice. Thank you. That pretty much is, again, from the marketing... I'm sounding like a freaking broken record. <laughs> from, but from a marketing perspective, I tell people, run your nonprofit like you would run a company. Run it like you would run a business. And you do have to think about how you brand your nonprofit so that it is recognizable, so that it stands out. You can see some organizations have really nice logo. They have a color scheme. They use the same fonts. They have really nice branding. They have tone and texture to their language and the way that they speak about themselves and the way they interact with patients or with their community that is very uh, predictable. It's it, it conveys a message. And I think that really puts people apart. Mm. You know, it does in business. It also does in, in nonprofits. You see that the more successful organizations are those that put care and attention into how they appear to us. We're more prone probably to donate to something that looks very professional or something that cares about how it comes off to us. It's like any human interaction. You know, you want to get the job, so you put yourself forward in a way that presents you put your best foot forward and really makes people more prone to want to engage with you more. Absolutely. When it comes to, and you, you mentioned it there, you know, you've, you've got a nice brand, you've, you've got a nice logo, you've got a nice colour scheme, you know the voice of how you speak on social media, you know how your posts look, you know that you put a little logo in the bottom left-hand corner and watermark everything and, and, and it all looks sweet and it all looks just like it should look. But when it comes to launching a podcast, consider your audio brand. Because all of a sudden, all of those visual elements, they're out the window. Nobody knows what the font is. <laughs> so you've got to get the audio right, and you've got to work out your audio brand and the way that, that you want to come across in audio form. Um, that's a big one, actually, and I work with a lot of clients on that. And, you know, people don't need professional podcast guys to point them in the right direction because people have a very good idea of who they are. Because when I'm working with when I'm working with a client, I'm not really giving them ideas. We're just wheedling out what how we can convert their pri- their brand into an audio format and make it right and make it, make it sit alongside the rest of their the rest of their brand and the rest of the way that they look and the way that they sound on social media. But it's something that people you know, often don't think about. Actually, no, I agree with you on that one. And also, I think part of it is. A greater experience. So even if the podcast is someone's first introduction to your nonprofit, which is your, you know, be part of your brand, if it's their first introduction, you're right, the font doesn't matter, the messaging on social media doesn't matter, it matters how you come across in terms of your presentation on the audio, like, are you interesting? Are you engaging? 
is an emotion evoked by listening to the podcast? Do you feel comforted? Do you feel uneasy? Does it make you laugh? Does it make you cry? Does it make you think of something? Um, You know, so all of those things are kind of part of that. The reason why I enjoy working with you and the reason why I do really value like good sound and and a nice introduction and a nice presentation, um, like I value those things. I value them very highly, as highly as, as humanly possible. But it's what I like about you personally is that your first conversation with me was not trying to sell me on your services. It was just very honest and easygoing. And that's how I talk to people. I mean, I obviously have my own services that I provide. But I always tell people, you have to make your own decision. You have to decide what your end goal is. And I'm actually so much more interested in your success and you achieving your goal than I am you paying me to help you achieve that goal. So if you need me to achieve it, like, that's cool. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to facilitate your growth. But if you don't and you find a way to succeed and to get the same result, I'm here for that too. So that's one reason I like working with you because you're not trying to sell anyone your service, even though it would benefit you. Mm. It would, would, but it's probably to my own detriment because I do run this little business and I've got a couple of people working for me. From a business perspective, pretty stupid, really. I've got masses of experience within audio. You know, I'd say I've been working, you know, in in this realm for the last... 25 27 years or whatever it's been i don't know i'll lose track um but um but i'm quite happy to chat with anybody about podcasts because i really do care i care about the medium i care about the people i like making connections with people as well and ultimately when we had those chats and uh, you know i always say and 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 most people do charge for advice and and i get it i do get that because you know, they've spent a lot of time getting to where they are. The people I speak, and I do speak to a lot of people and they don't convert into clients. I'll stay in touch with them and quite often I'll, somebody will contact us and say, oh, I hear you do podcasts, so-and-so pass me your way. And it's somebody I've, I've taken the time out to, to sit and, um, and speak with and offer advice to. So when we go back quickly to talk about costs, people can do it for free. Um, but they have to think about the audio quality. If people did want to invest a little bit of money, like a, a, just a small amount of money, where do you suggest that they invest that? Is that in the recording platform? Is that in the software? Is that in the promotion? Like if that's if they can only devote some money to one area, where would that if be? If they can only devote some money to one area, it would be into getting a half-decent microphone. The rest of it, you can actually learn to do yourself. I know it might take a while. The software's free. You can there are software that, that you can use some free software. There's something called Audacity. We'll put a link to it in the uh, in the, in the description. How about we do that? <laughs> um, so yeah, you can use free software. Um, we'll put some microphones in the description as well, shall we? I think we both want to encourage people to look in the look within themselves. Okay, don't I'm not going to get all emotional, but like look down deep and say like, is this something I care about doing? If the answer is yes then freaking do it like go out there and we want to support that the most important thing remember audio quality equals perception of brand quality remember that get yourself a decent mic that sounds okay learn how to use it as well 
because and that's a that sounds silly but i've got a microphone here and i'm still i'm still talking now but i'm not using it properly i'm as close to it as i was but i'm not using it properly now if i move back around to this side it sounds okay again so we're all good so learn how to use it and don't be afraid of experimenting and messing about with it and getting yourself sounding good and you can get a decent sounding mic for less than 50 pounds so it's not going to break the bank you know also i would think very hard about who your target market is how you speak to that target market um, and also the other thing um, podcasts you will find growth you will find the most rapid growth through quality content released consistently for the, the best podcast growth will come 52 releases a year every week because you are fitting in with the routine of your audience so if your audience are listening, they're going to work on a Thursday morning and your podcast comes out on a Thursday morning, keep putting it out on a Thursday morning. If it's around about half an hour long because you're hoping to fit into that length of commute, then make it around about half an hour long every Thursday so that you're fitting in with the routine of your audience. So think about that. Think about how you're going to split your content down to make it work every week. Also, think about whether or not you're going, to invest, you're going to have guests on your podcast because we talked earlier about getting outside of your community. The beautiful thing about having guests on your podcast, especially ones with lots of social media oomph, is they will share on their social media as well. So all of a sudden, you are having your content shared outside of your community, which is the key thing. It's a big thing. Think about, should have put it at the front to be fair, think about how you're going to convert your brand and who you are into an audio format. Think about how it sounds, how you want to sound. Um, you can um, get free music to use on your podcast. You can get music that you pay for once. It's called royalty free. So you don't continue to pay royalties based on the number of downloads. It's one fee, all paid for, all done. And then if you want, you can then, well, I'd suggest you would edit it because ultimately, I know that we've had a good chat, but this will be edited so that it's better <laughs> than it actually has been um, in, in this recording environment because you've got to respect your listeners' time. The one thing we're all light on is time. So rather than going off on one and then coming back round, let's chop it down to make it make sense for your listeners. Let's make it flow for conversation. Let's get personality in there. Let's make it right for the target market rather than going down an avenue that didn't particularly work out. Maybe you 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 asked me a question earlier. I I, I answered it badly. I'm going to take that out. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, and and you know we kind of went off in a different area. That was a tangent that will be coming out because what will go out will be a decent conversation that makes sense to the target market because we respect their time. And there are plenty of tutorials on YouTube to show you how to use Audacity for free. So you can do all of that yourself don't want to do that then you can contact someone like me yeah and i'm a big fan of that of, of the pete i'm a fan of the pete because <laughs> for me i don't have all the time and i don't like we were talking earlier about hearing you know editing your own voice and hearing yourself back and while i can talk to people about certain subjects and sound like a boss when i hear myself waffling back i'm like oh sweet jesus like someone please <laughs> please make me stop make me make sense and so i like pete because pete can make me make sense otherwise 
I make no sense, <laughs> at least in my mind. And that's another important point is if you want to do it for free, maybe you should also have a friend listen back and say, love you, mate, but that made no sense. Mm. And that's not a great use of your listeners time because we can't always hear that. Like, obviously, hyper insecure people can hear that. <laughs> but like, sometimes we're sometimes we have self confidence and we need a friend to say, Yeah, no, that was cute. That was real cute. But that went on for 10 minutes and that was a waste of yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. If you do learn to edit yourself, it will take you some time to do it and do it well. Everyone can use a piece of software, but it might take a long time, a long, long, long time to make it just right. Um, in around about 25 years' time, you'll be as good as me. So. <laughs> If your podcast going in 25 years, it'll be edited as well as this one is today. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a good point, too. See, that's why I'm pro at least consulting people like Pete. But like, there's so many things that people don't think about. And so like, I never want to discourage somebody from doing this because it is fun. And it is like a way to communicate with a larger audience about things that really are impactful and meaningful. In terms of like closed captioning and companion text and things like that, like how often do you come across that? Transcriptions and captions are interesting and are great from an accessibility point of view. They're also as well very good from a google searchability point of view because if we have a conversation about whatever it happens to be um if you put that into a podcast app or or if you put that into google google will not come up with that podcast even though that string of words has been said on that podcast it probably will one day it probably will search audio and it probably will say here are your audio results it probably will and it probably won't be that far away. But what it does is transcriptions mean that there's um, an audio transcript. It makes it great um, from an accessibility point of view. It makes it great from a, oh, what did they say about that point of view? I want to listen back to that. Or I'm going to listen to it. I think I'll read it. Um, and it's also um, good from a Google searchability point of view because that will, that stuff will turn up on Google and it will link back to your podcast when that transcription is attached to your podcast. That's a really great point of view to share as well, because I always think about the accessibility standpoint and I, you know, that's important. I'm still trying to work out how to get my closed captions on the Podbean videos to not be jacked up. Maybe that's something a, you could help me with a, later. It's a manual process, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, you can bang it through a voice recognition thing, but Everybody talks differently. Voice recognition is much better than it was 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago or one year ago because it's picking up different ways that different people speak and different accents. And it's the best it's ever been, but it will be better. And right now it does require human intervention. Otherwise, words just come up wrong. One thing that I worry about for people is, again, because I know my communities and I know folks really well. And so I know that many of us are sick. Mm. We're either the parent of a child with a condition or we have the condition ourselves. Um, many of us are very limited on time. Um, you know, and so the, the thing I worry about is people getting started and getting it really built up in their head is this thing that's going to be like mega successful and they're going to be the next, you know, podcast version of like a YouTube star or an influencer on Instagram. And I fear that people will get disappointed because after, say, six episodes or really trying their best that it fell down somewhere. What's kind of a way to manage expectations, really, for folks so that if this is something that they've heard everything we've had to say, they're like, great, I can do this for free. I can teach myself stuff. That's a lot of time, folks. So let's say they've gone through all that, but they still feel like they're not hitting 
But like, how should they manage that expectation? What you need to do, I think, when you're starting a podcast, whether it's a business podcast where you're hoping to make money from it or whether it's a um, podcast to raise awareness um, and it's your time, whether you're paying someone to do it or whether you're doing it yourself, is you need to work out how you're going to get your return on investment and what that looks like. Whether it's an investment, your time is the investment or whether it's it's money, um, you need to think about that. So what is success to you? Remember, remember this, when you are posting about it, when you're telling people about it, you're only telling the people on social media, your people on social media who you're currently engaging with. You need to think about how we get outside of that, how we get new people in. If you are concerned that your podcast isn't getting as many downloads as you thought it was going to get, when you look at all of your statistics, look to see how many likes you get on social media. If you're getting, I don't know, 50 likes on social media, just remember what a time investment that is for the person who's liking it. It's not much of one, is it? They're flicking up their phone, they're hitting like, they're double tapping on something on Instagram, they're they're banging a heart on there, and then they're moving on to the next thing. They're not engaging with your content. If, however, you've created a podcast that gets around about that same number of listens over a week or whatever, I'm just making numbers up here, um, just bear in mind that people are listening to that for a, for an, a, an amount of time. If you're doing a 20, 30-minute podcast, they're listening and they're engaging with you for that amount of time. So you can't compare it to social media likes because it's a completely different time investment on behalf of your, your listener. There are a lot of ways to gauge what is success to you. So one thing I've noticed since starting the podcast is like, more people seem to flood to my LinkedIn page and I do get like more inquiries and like more conversations being generated. And I, you know, people will just message me and be like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Or like, I'll see someone share it someplace and I had no idea they were going to share it. And I'll be like, oh, wow, that person's pretty cool. Like, thank you for that. One thing that I like to say about the podcast is that I think of it as a community service. So I think of what I do as a service to other people. Um, providing them with different types of information, trying to kind of keep things relevant to us, but also like somewhat universal in a way too. Maybe I'm trying to straddle too many things there, but it means something to me personally. And it's a way of connecting on a very deep emotional and personal level for me. And I hope that people who hear this will have, it will have helped make a decision and it will help them focus in ways that they hadn't before. And then they can make whatever decision that they make confidently, having heard from people who are doing it and who have experience in this and having heard some of that data and statistics and go, okay, yeah, I do feel like I want to do this. And it is nice to know that there is there are people out in the, the world who will support you and will have conversations with you and will answer your questions without an expectation. Absolutely, yeah. We exist. Absolutely true, yeah. Pete, it has been a pleasure chatting with you for a time, but our listeners, it will only be as if it was for a moment, (laughs) a fleeting moment of audio genius from the two of us. But I hope that this has helped folks to make a decision that you feel comfortable with, you feel confident with, and of course... Details will be in the description for this podcast. I will drop in Pete's information as well because he's a great guy. And if you want to chat with him, you should. I hopefully am not causing people to now spam your email, Pete. I apologize <laughs> fine, for that. It's fine. And of course, you can always spam me, as many of you know. And everything will be in the details for this episode. So thanks, Pete. Thanks, Kimberly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Signalize, a Dazzle Ferrer podcast. To stay up to date on the podcast and Dazzle Ferrer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four, Rare, R-A-R-E. And finally, if you liked this episode, share it with a friend and tag us on social media platforms.